This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Jeff Parlay's here as well. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight. The Grover Cleveland of producers. When was the last time I called you the Grover Cleveland of producers? Yeah, you did it last week. Did I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. We'll have to check the tape. I don't know. I don't know. The uh, the, the weeks merge together when it's uh, when it's July. July. Yeah, we are a little. <laughs> we do get loopy in July. That's for sure. Um, Las Vegas, Chris, to join us momentarily. Uh, Wes Reynolds as well. Before that, um, we get tweets though at beating the book. This is from Dom Perion. That's how he spells it. He said, uh, "Sprinkle some of that Giants magic on their defense, Gil, because it's putrid." Well, you're right about that. Uh, Jesse Welch at Welch31 talking about the pentathlon here at Vison. He says, uh, Mitch made it seem like anything other than full game totals was a gray area, almost like it was frowned upon but allowed, LOL. Yeah, I, I went with a full game because I don't want to get into the gray area of things. Uh, Joby, the real Joby. Oh, he's talking about another tweeter, Kenny G. Uh, he says, it always brings me great joy when you read tweets from Kenny G on air. The visual of jazz legend Kenny G being a discerning sports better with quantitative aptitude always makes me smile. By the way, have I recommended the Kenny G documentary? I don't know if it's HBO Max or what it's on. For someone as vanilla as Kenny G, what a fascinating documentary that was. And I defy you, Jeff, to listen to Going Home by Kenny G and not appreciate that bit of music. How about that for a Kenny G recommendation? Well, not only that, if you watch that, if you watch that doc, which, by the way, is on HBO Max. Oh, thank you. That song has a very special yes. meaning yes. in the country with, with the biggest population in the world. That's all I can say. Yes. Was it China? You sure it was China? I... Okay. 99.8% sure. I'll have to double-check that now. 99.9. 99.8. NFL totals, talking about our interview coming up with Las Vegas Chris. Not our interview, but he's coming in hanging out with us. He says, please don't ask him pizza questions. <laughs> okay. He has very, very definitive, passionate thoughts on pizza. Web 12-66. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. New York Yankees make me sick. If they get Ben Attendee, I'm throwing the TV out the window. Why is he so angry about that? That's, by the way, one of their targets for that left field um, sort of black hole that they have there would be Ben Attendee. Do, 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 do. So Cricket Man says, so the analytics guys love a five forced, tr- oh, never mind. 
<laughs> okay, I'm just going to stop that one in the middle. I really shouldn't run Burgundy our way through those tweets. By the way, we were having a, were we having a debate about Anchorman before the show, speaking of Ron Burgundy? I don't know if it was a debate. It was just a... Uh... Just a comment that you, I said. Your preamble before the comma in your sentence. Yeah, no. Dared I, to disparage Anchorman, and then you saved yourself. No, I saved myself because it is one of the most quotable movies of the last twenty years. Easily. Every thirty seconds, yeah. there's something. I, again, the, the movie is the movie is what it is. But see, 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 it what, is what it is. It's yeah. comedy genius. Well, is what again, it is. Again, you, 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 uh, you, you made the one comment that that rings true. The parody of a 70s news anchor was done perfectly. If you, that was one of the, so it's quotable every 30 seconds, right? With something, you know, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even mad at you, Baxter, right? Gun show, Ron Burgundy, boy, that really escalated. Milk was a bad choice. I mean, you could go on and on and on, right? It just doesn't end. But the, the beautiful conceit of that movie was exactly that, how if you weren't alive to catch local news shtick in like the late 70s or early 80s how cheesy that was you know the turning to the camera right right during the commercials how they took themselves so seriously anyway Wes Reynolds I'm sure has thoughts on all including Kenny G the glue that holds this whole operation together co-host of Long Shots you can see him everywhere on this network how you doing Wes including primetime action tonight I believe how you doing Wes I'm well, Gil. How are you? I was just uh, listening to your stuff about like Anchorman, and every time you make me think of that, like the cheesy anchor, I think of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Remember the guy that was on there? I think it was Brian Stokes Mitchell, who's a great theater actor, <laughs> the guy that dated Hillary on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, when he always goes, "Good night and Godspeed." Yes, that's right. And yeah, who wouldn't have wanted to date Hillary on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? That's for sure. Uh, by the way, Kenny G, going home, you support my like of that one piece of music? Do you like that? I do. Uh, okay. Look, uh, there, there apparently is an entire country oh. that loves that piece of music oh, because it's, it's a close of business. The shopping mall's closing, and they're playing uh, uh, Going Home yes. to uh, finish out the day. I had no idea of that fact, but apparently, uh, yes, an entire nation uh, is is either mesmerized or transfixed by that piece. Anyway, it's a whole thing. It's a whole documentary recommendation. Okay. Wes, Xander Shoffley, you were on the primetime action desk. You uh, saw, we're, we're still playing out the one and done between uh, me, Matt, and Kelly. Me and Matt had Xander. Kelly uh, did not. He had Joaquin Neiman, so we have a huge lead on him now. Two in a row for Xander. This does not mean, I'm guessing, that you are all about Xander headed into St. Andrews, correct? Yeah, not necessarily. Uh, poor Kelly, he's going to have to join the Live Tour to get some uh, that guaranteed money <laughs> yes. to catch up with you in the uh, in the one and dones. But you, you know, Gil, it's kind of funny. This is the Xander Shawplay that I think so many of us have been betting for like two years and thinking, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and now here it is. And you know, we've already seen it once this year with Scotty Scheffler when he won won four times in six events. So. You know, he's the only the second guy this year to win back-to-back -back starts this year. Scheffler obviously did it, and then Xander at the Travelers, and then he won the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, not an official event, but still nine of the top ten players in the world were in that thing last week, and then wins this week. So, you know, you're not going to get the bargain, obviously. He's going to be, maybe end up being like the second choice on the odds board by the time we tee it up Thursday morning right behind Rory McIlroy. I think Rory 
probably is going to stay the favorite. Rory, by the way, the only guy in the top 15 in the official world golf ranking that did not play last week. Get ready for the late night Brady Canton group texts, you know, with the Open Championship, as we're all used to year after year, where, of course, it's, you know, this is more like a, uh, for those who, who follow tennis, we're used to this kind of thing where the matches are in the middle of the night, but that's how the Open Championship rolls, of course, with the time difference. Who have you bet so far now? Uh, Cameron Smith is somebody I have from earlier in the year during the Masters. I was like, okay, this guy's going to win a major. He had already won twice this year, by the way. He won at the Tournament of Champions out in Kapalua in Hawaii and then also won the Players' Championship. So I just bet him at all the 30-to-1s or above I could get for the rest of the majors. So I already have him on the card. I'm going to be adding uh, more guys today as I'm putting as I'm putting out the piece. I'm probably going to get sucked in on what I saw yesterday out of Patrick Cantlay, who has never really shown in majors. I think he only has one top five finishes in about 21 or 22 major starts in his career, and that was back in 2019 at the Masters. But I'm not necessarily wanting to buy into that narrative because Patrick Cantlay, if you actually look at the recent form, put aside the PGA where he was a disaster. He's got so many top fives and so many top tens coming in. So it's not like the guy is out of form, but we get left with a bad impression because if you hearken back to a couple weeks ago at the Travelers, he was in the final group with his buddy, his SoCal brethren, Xander Shoffley, and shot six over on Sunday, shot a 76 up in Hartford. So you're kind of left with a bad taste in your mouth. You're like, oh, man, this guy's not playing very well. But a nice round yesterday, got into a AT4 with my nearest pursuer, which ended up being Tommy Fleetwood. So, you know, Patrick Cantlay is somebody I'm probably going to go into on the drift, especially if he gets, like, to around 30. So Cantlay is somebody I will have. I'll likely have Zalatoris. I know he missed the cut last week, but – I don't think you want to maybe put too much weight into that. Because if you remember last year, Colin Marikawa did make the cut at the Scottish Open, but finished 71st, almost dead last of the guys that made the cut, and was struggling, you know, getting his irons through that thick turf on Lynx golf course, didn't have a lot of Lynx experience. And then what does he do? He changes a couple clubs in the bag and wins the Claret Jug as the champion golfer of the year. Who is the golfer? You know, I love asking this before every major, but let alone be, uh, before every golf tournament, but especially uh, before majors. Who's the guy that if he wins is going to induce the most self-loathing because you do not anticipate having any bets on him? Uh, well, I, I would put Xander for one, obviously, because I, I just I'm looking at the prices getting cut even globally. I'm seeing him as low as 12 or 14 in some places. And this is a guy that... You know, I, I often said because he couldn't get across the finish line uh, at least often enough that, uh, that he should. I'm like, I can't bet him lower than 25 to 1, so I'm going to be a little price sensitive. Uh, uh, maybe Colin Marikawa because he really hasn't had that showing this year. It's not like he's played poorly, but I feel like he's the guy of the top class players, you know, that top 10 or maybe dozen players on the odds board. I feel like that's the guy, if you pass this week, he's going to end up burning you kind of like he did last year because we're, you know, he's not fallen that far off, but maybe, maybe the irons could be a little more sharp and he's usually one of the best in the world. But I feel like Morikawa might be the guy that gets ignored this week. I think I'm one in dunning with Zalatoris. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, 
Well, if you look, uh, uh, there were some interesting numbers in terms of the uh, putting on Will Zalatoris, because if you look in different events, like just your regular standard boilerplate PGA Tour events, he is not very good on the greens. It, it's like the damnedest thing just to notice this with Zalatoris. I believe his strokes gain putting in the nine non-major starts this year, he's minus 16.1 total strokes gain putting. But if you look at the three majors this year, he's plus 17.4. incredible. So yeah. somehow this guy gets it done when the money is on the line. So I'll probably end up having a piece of Zalatoris by Thursday morning. And he has those horrible, not only that, Wes, he has those horrible putting stats. And yet then didn't he have like the longest streak of not three putting going yes. this year? Yeah. So it's like it's yeah. completely tough to reconcile all those things with Will Zalatoris. Coming back more with Wes Reynolds. What else is he betting? Golf and Beyond. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Starting today, we're having our first ever baseball betting pentathlon here at VSIN. Every show and baseball analyst will be making five baseball bets over the span of the next four days to determine who at VSIN is the best at betting on baseball. Today's bet we have to make is a total. Already called mine, the under in the San Francisco-Arizona game later tonight. Follow us at VEASAN Live for daily updates on who's leading. The winner will be announced on Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Follow the Money. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff Parlay would like me to go to Jeff Parlay. What do you got, Jeff? Yeah, so this is something that uh, I needed to get a little more confirmation on. And now that there's actually a video clip out there 
uh, with Brian Windhorst actually saying what I saw aggregated at other sites. Um, so DeAndre Ayton markets are actually out there to bet. And I don't remember this team popping up at all on these markets. So Windhorst earlier today saying that the common belief is that the Indiana Pacers wow. are very close to giving DeAndre Ayton an offer sheet or executing a sign and trade. Uh, and then uh, there was a report out of Phoenix that the Brogdon deal needed to go through officially in order for Indiana to have the space and that this is very much in play. I don't remember Indiana popping up at all on those lists, Gil. You're seeing the betting markets on Aiden? They're, no, the, the, the markets that were up the last few weeks, they haven't been up the last few days. Yeah, but, I think so either. Uh, about 10 days ago when they popular, I don't remember Indiana on that list. And so the upshot of that, or one of the things that you ne- the next sentence ought to be, if, if you thought that Phoenix was going to trade for Kevin Durant, even with the Devin Booker extension being signed, and you thought that was going to include DeAndre Ayton, which we here didn't on this show, because we said they signed Nick Claxton, Brooklyn did. Why would they care to trade for DeAndre Ayton? But for those who still thought that, yeah, well, there you go. If that's true. Got to imagine that if it's a sign and trade, if you're Phoenix, wouldn't you love to have Miles Turner come back the other way? Yes. That would be what I would be looking at if I'm the Suns. Interesting. Always interesting, this NBA offseason. Summer League upon us. Wheeling and dealing at Summer League, I'm sure, with all the executives in town as well. Uh, Wes Reynolds is uh, still with us, kind enough to uh, hang out with us. By the way, you're part of the baseball betting pentathlon as well, Wes. Uh, Who are you representing? Where did you end up? What slot did you end up going with here? I am an independent candidate here, Gil. I'm okay. uh, I don't have a particular show that I represent. So I just uh I'm I'm just me. So I got to look and see what total I'm going to use today for Monday. But I wanted to chime in on the discussion you guys were having because of course uh, I used to work for that organization at one point that being Pacer Sports and Entertainment. So what Jeff brought up is true. By the way, Miles Turner $18 million last year of his contract. So he is an expiring contract. So this makes it attractive, at least for a trade commodity, because the Pacers right now, in terms of salary, I believe are 28th out of 30 teams in the league. So their max player right now is Buddy Heald at $21 million. So this trade that they did with Boston, the Brogdon deal, where they took on uh, a, you know what's going to end up being a late first-round pick, and they took on... Neesmith and uh, and T- Daniel Tice and Nick Stauskas and all those guys, they did that to clear some space. So that's why DeAndre Ayton, I felt, made sense. But I thought it was maybe going to be part of a three-team trade because the Pacers are one of those teams that are going to be maybe a third team in a trade, potentially, if Durant or a Kyrie Irving goes on the move. Not that those two are going to Indiana, but to kind of make the money work and and all of that. So the Pacers are kind of the third team in the trade that gets forgotten about. But, uh, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, they have room to sign a max player, and he'll have probably more opportunity in Indiana. This is obviously a rebuild for the Pacers. As a Pacers guy, Wes, does that move the needle for you in any way? And what, what bets have you made at all NBA full season, if any? I, I haven't made any yet, but it, it I think it's a pretty solid move. Look, I like what the Indiana Pacers are doing, and and I know I know you you have the Tankapalooza thing that's been a long standard thing on a numbers game, but 
I never really like it. I guess I'm a little old school. But now seeing my hometown team and the team I grew up rooting for and eventually worked for, you kind of have to do it, Gil. You're like damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Sure. You have to rebuild. And the Pacers have never been bad enough to totally rebuild. Let's keep in mind this team made the conference finals several times, made the NBA finals back in 2000. So this team has either been too good or or too much in basketball purgatory to ever make a rebuild. This was the first year they actually had, you know, a first round pick in the single digits since I think George McLeod in the late 1980s. They had never, you know, they'd always been either in the back end of the lottery or the back end of the first round. So they get the kid Mathurin out of Arizona, who I think is going to be a nice player. They have some nice young guys here with, uh, with Jalen Smith and Mathurin and Tyrese Halliburton and Chris Duarte. These are going to be like core guys. That's why I think so many people, including JBT, really like them in the summer league this year because three or four of the starters in the summer league are probably going to end up being their regular season starters. So what we refer to the Pacers this year, Gil, is a quote-unquote fun league pass team. A fun <laughs> league pass team that'll be fun to watch but is going to get their you-know-what's kicked in on most nights. So I like what the Pacers are doing, and they really have no choice. This is not a team that, you know, is going to draw the big-ticket free agent and all of a sudden, you know, be good. And they're a team also that can't miss in the draft. Like, if you're the Lakers and you're a free agent destination, you can miss on the draft every single year because you know you have players that are going to want to go there. So I like what Kevin Pritchard and the boys are doing in Indiana, and really they're kind of left with no choice. Yeah, and and let me just bring this up as well because you, you brought it up about Tankapalooza and basketball purgatory, which is exactly the word that I use to describe. Like, it's a real thing for those who – you know, who don't think that it's a viable strategy in the NBA. I always go back to the 80s Washington Bullets, as I know so many people do. Uh, but they won the NBA championship in 1978. It was unselled, Dandridge and, uh, and Elvin Hayes. But that, that gave way to the Bruise Brothers, the Ruland Mahorn Bruise Brothers of the early 80s. And every year, just like you were describing, good, you know, 42 and 40, right? 40 and 42. Good enough to just squeak into the postseason and get rolled in the first round. And it is a basketball purgatory. You can't get out of that. You're never going to be good enough to win anything. You're never going to be crappy enough to get any real players long term. And it took them, what, you know, 13 years before they like made a trade? Well, not 13 years. I think it was like 13 years for Chris Webber or something like that to be, to be even relevant again. So it's a thing. Like that's, a, that's how the end, that is a truism of the NBA if you want to get anywhere uh, down the stretch. What about football? Have you made any football bets this year thus far, college or pro? Just a just a couple division bets. Uh, I did go ahead and take the Minnesota Vikings in the AFC or the NFC North, I should say. Uh, I really like this team, and it's not that I'm necessarily just fading Green Bay, but look, Kirk Cousins in his contract year is finally getting an offensive coach. I know he's a first time head coach, but Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator for Sean McVay, of course, on the Super Bowl champion Rams team. He brings in Wes Phillips, who's Wade Phillips' son, to be his offensive coordinator. And I I, I like what I see out of Minnesota. I think they have two big-time receivers with Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So 
They're going to throw the ball. We know that they can run the ball still with Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think Minnesota could be in for kind of that surprise year and what is more of a wide-open NFC where you've got maybe two or three teams that are like, yeah, we know they're going to be pretty good. We know the Rams are going to be good. We have a feeling that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be good. And then it is pretty wide open, I think, after that. So I like Minnesota as the second choice in the NFC North. Uh, and I am gonna I am gonna bet the Saints over their win total. I know all the buzz was with Carolina mm. last week getting Baker Mayfield, and I think Carolina, by the way, has a very good defense. I think they were like second in average yards per game given up, but they were in the 20s in scoring simply because that offense put them in jail and McCaffrey wasn't healthy and whatnot. But I like the Saints. I like Dennis Allen being kind of a new voice there. I think Sean Payton, his run was great. They won a Super Bowl championship, but I think sometimes you get to a point, Gil, where a team needs a new voice. And Dennis Allen, as the defensive coordinator, is that new voice. By the way, that Saints defense, still top 5-10 to in the National Football League. I like that they committed to Jameis Winston and that they ended this pigeonholing Taysom Hill into a starting quarterback role. Michael Thomas should come back from injury. They drafted Olave. Now, they are going to have to deal with potential suspension to Kamara early in the season, but... I think the Saints are going to give the Bucks a run in the in the NFC South. Kirk Cousins in a contract year. Someone, how many contract years has that guy had in his career? By the way, it's like yeah, it's an man, amazing I, ratio. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. And I know you've got scars from his time oh, in uh, yeah. Washington D.C. So uh, scars are souvenirs you never lose, and the past is never <laughs> far, as the Goo Goo Dolls would once think. Wow, but I do I do think Cousins is going to have a solid year this year. I think there's some good pieces there. They kind of, you know, ran as far as they could with Mike Zimmer. I think they get an upgrade at head coach with Kevin O'Connell. Okay, I leave you with this, and I'm only going to need a one-word answer. The Indianapolis Colts, since you're an Indiana guy, uh, Jeff and I do old bare-knuckle boxing matches after the show's arguing over this thing. I think they're going to be good. Jeff, not so much. And a little bruising is happening. Uh, Where do you stand on the Colts? Who's right, me or Jeff? Uh, I'm going to side with you, Gil. Jeff's my Jeff's my guy, but I do think the Colts are going to win this division. It's priced into the market, though, so you're not necessarily getting a bargain with this team. We'll have a good old fight after this one. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate it. You bet, Gil. Coming back with Las Vegas Chris in studio next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN will be broadcasting live from NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates all throughout VSIN shows. For more, follow us at VSIN Live on Twitter and at VSIN Live on YouTube. Uh, by the way, earlier on the show, uh, Chris Valika shouted out Jason Weingarten at Spreadopedia for putting out this, uh, not for putting out, but just uh, he, he, was, he was making note, I should say, about this, uh, this story, um, which is just a, a spectacular betting story here about, <laughs> it's just, this is actually, we should give the credit to who Jason is tweeting it from. It's Jordan Elligott, who writes for the BBC. But it was essentially, he says, an unbelievable story from India today. A group of farmers and unemployed youngsters have been busted for running a fake Indian Premier League and conning Russian punters into betting on it. Uh, just one more detail I want to share with this is that the group streamed the matches on YouTube, Jeff. They took turns wearing kits 
of Kenai Super Kings, Mumbai Indians, and Gujarat Titans jerseys. The stream had downloaded sound effects to make it more realistic. They even hired a commentator who sounded like the actual commentator or an actual commentator. This went on for two weeks. They got away with this. I, it's amazing they got away with it for more than one hour, Gil. <laughs> Jason Weingarten's text to me. Jason's text to me about this. It's the best. He, uh, he goes on to simply say, Jason does. Uh, I want to get the quote right. He goes, that's always been one of my dreams, to get a fake game listed and lined. We all have our aspirations. That is Jason's. Ladies and gentlemen, Las Vegas Chris in studio. You would think he'd be like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. But he literally says to me off air, he goes, I just need to get out of the house. It's Las Vegas Chris, everybody. How you doing, man? Good morning. How's it going? Multiple contest winner, for those who aren't familiar with Las Vegas Chris, here in, uh, here in the desert. The Palms, um, last man standing, college football. You split something the other year. I can't NFL. even remember. NFL. You finished second and fifth at Circa. Or as you like to say, a bad year. It was a bad year. By but... comparison. Yeah. You expect a good year. How you doing, man? You good? It's free Slurpee day. So Is it really? I'm going to go get a Slurpee. What do you mean? You just roll in there? You get a yeah, Slurpee? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. It's the 11th. 7-11. Yeah. It's positive yeah. EV. Oh, it is 7-Eleven. Yeah. You don't have to buy anything else? No, I don't think so. Wow. Oh, Slurpee. Yeah. Hopefully they still do it. It's only a small one. They'll let you upgrade. What a country. What a beautiful thing. All right. Well, I don't want to prevent you from uh, getting as many slurpers as you can, but there, there are some topics that have come up here in uh, recent days that I, uh, that I wanted to bring up. First of all, before we even get into some of the topics, um, Alan Dink Dinkinson, who is a uh, very famous pro better and beloved by so many um, here in Las Vegas and beyond, has just a, a colorful history sports betting. He is not doing very well. Uh, he is in hospice care. And so we wanted to send a shout-out to him. Yeah, we do. And uh, Spanky was saying on Twitter, Spanky was tweeting out that he did talk to Dink, and he sounded good. So we hope we hope for the best there. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the honors that I had during the pandemic, as you might imagine, we were sort of struggling with no sports going on. We were struggling for, you know, what are we going to do in terms of content? And I just decided I was going to sort of, you even mentioned this the other day, that you've gone into Roy Firestone mode and some stuff. So during the pandemic, I did. I got to interview so many great legendary betters from Alan Boston, um, you know, to Spanky, to Alan Dinkinson. And Dink was kind enough to join us on the show. And there's, there's many things from it that were pretty poignant. But one of them that, you, that, that struck a nerve, not struck a nerve, but that resonated with you was uh, something Dink had to say, um, just sort of putting things in context. Here's how this brief exchange went. We can comment on it. You're thinking of writing a book now. Yeah, I'm thinking of writing a book. I just know how my vocabulary. I, I know how good Beth was as a as a writer, and I so pale up behind her that it, you know. And I look at my, I write a chapter, and I go, oh, "God, this is terrible," you know. And, and then I send it to her, and she goes, "Oh, I, she makes suggestions," and I go, "You may as well write the book for me because that's what it's going to be." And, you know, she just corrects all my flaws and my lack of a good vocabulary and lack of setting a scene. And, you know, that's one of my strengths is I know my weaknesses. I think that's uh, somebody once described that as my strength, that I know my limitations and I don't try to exceed them, which is very Listen, important a, in gambling. Which is very important in gambling is what he says. It gets a little garbled there at the end. But it goes obviously beyond gambling. But he was saying, 
One of his strengths is he knows his weaknesses. He knows his limitations. And that resonated with you. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably a weakness of uh, people that uh, start off betting is that they they think they are better than they are and they think they need fewer people to help them than they do and they don't network. And he, he uh, dink laid it out perfectly there. Know your weaknesses, embrace your weaknesses and work with your weaknesses is, is basically his point. And it's about networking. And uh, at some point, either the game's going to pass you by or you're going to want to branch out. You need to seek out guidance of other people and, 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 uh, and, and exchange information. And I actually have people that actually say, well, that's just silly. You should just keep your stuff to yourself. And, I understand what they mean a little bit, but, you know, if you're trading good information, you're trading good information, and, and that's what it's about. Uh, but more, but you have to be humble, and you have to realize if you don't have an edge, you don't have an edge. Know your weakness. Don't be stubborn and sit there and bang your head against the wall and bit baseball every day if you're not winning. And your edge changes over time. It changes, yes. yeah. Sometimes it's your best sport, and then other times it will go away. Yeah, when scoring elevated yeah. in NFL and college, yeah. my edges changed. Um, anyway, I encourage anybody who wants to, uh, Jeff Fogle tweeted out that, uh, that interview with Alan Dinkinson, which is again from right in the middle of the pandemic from two years ago. Um, and it's so hard to imagine that was two years ago. It feels like it was 10 years ago. The pandemic does all kinds of weird things, uh, to your brain timing wise. Uh, and if you don't prefer to listen to the audio of a uh, podcast with Dink, which was wonderful because he was so honest and so transparent about so much, uh, I believe Ben Fox just put out a transcript, an edited transcript to that interview on vsin.com. So you can check that out as well if you just prefer to read it on your own rather than listen. But I do encourage people to go listen. Um, as always, so many interesting things. Speaking of podcasts, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, let's start there. So you consume how many podcasts a week, would you say? You know, it depends on, on how much energy I, and time I have, but I'm oftentimes running two on each of my phones. So uh, I find a way to listen to two at a time sometimes. And you say you like to listen to ones you can learn from and ones that you find not so worthy because you like to hear what others are thinking. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I find just as much value in, in what I would call, uh, you know, a... a, a, a a startup type podcast where there's limited knowledge uh, or just silly views. I, I, I don't know why I just value from everybody. I get value from everybody's point of view. And I, and I just want to kind of absorb the pulse of what people are thinking. I think that that's valuable. I don't want to absorb the pulse of just the sharp guys that supposedly win. Here is a, a tweet from Las Vegas, Chris, about this subject. 15 minutes into a podcast, they finally stopped talking about themselves, had another that went 11 minutes in. The amount of time some waste on podcasts is incredulous. The media content I share doesn't even introduce ourselves unless we have a guest. Get to the point. Now, that's interesting because talking about themselves is definitely an off-putting thing. It's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. I mean, there's podcasts that I used to love that I can't even watch. I can't even listen to anymore. They're, they're just, just become so full of themselves and it's frustrating. And I got a lot of responses to this tweet uh, in agreement. It's, it's getting frustrating that people want to babble for six, seven minutes in. And what we're doing on YouTube, we don't even introduce ourselves. We get, we dive right into the topic as if we already introduced ourselves and the topic. And we're trying to provide quality content that just gets to the point. Nobody wants to hear us talk about ourselves. Talking about yourselves is one thing. 
Like that, I, I can totally agree with you on that. But then other, other things, you know, like, okay, so take for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll point it back at me. I'll look in the mirror. So the Megapod, let me just use that. We don't talk about ourselves. But the Megapod went from, has gone over the years from like picks right for, you know, like a certain format of picks. And then sometimes we'll have guests now, though, that want a stray topic at the outset, right? It's never about ourselves, but they want to talk about something else that's not the picks. That could go on for 15, 20 minutes, and that might annoy some people too. But I would sort of put that under the category of it really does depend what you're looking for. Well, is there a more valuable commodity than time? No. Okay. Don't waste my freaking time. Right. But what I'm saying is some people might view that that aside as not wasting time. Like that might even be more interesting to them than the picks. Really depends what you're oh, going Oh, I agree for. with that. But you're yeah. talking about a different situation than people just talking about themselves oh, and different. they think they're all cute about it. And it's it, it's just asinine. It, 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 the people, some of these guys are getting so full of themselves and it's just frustrating. And I, and, and I got a, a lot of responses uh, to the exact same point. And, yeah. Um, I, I don't understand whether these people are trying to elongate so that they make more money. I, I, you know, I don't know, but it, it, it's just ridiculous. These people that throw in all these ads, they make peanuts. They make peanuts. I saw Captain Jack tweet with all his hundreds of thousands of you, he made peanuts. So if, you know, some of these people the, are putting these ads and these elongated conversations in for no reason. It's the old, uh, someone said, I have 29 jobs. The only one I don't make money from is my podcast. <laughs> Coming back, more Las Vegas Chris next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. 
the numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online and bonus uh, online bonus credits. That is like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, the feedback from all. Uh, Jason Stark, not that Jason Stark, but a different Jason Stark. He said, hey, Gil, you definitely called Jeff Grover Cleveland last week. Jeff, I definitely called you Grover Cleveland. This just in. Uh, let's see here. Web 12-66, ready to go to class with Las Vegas Chris. Got my notepad and sharpened my pencil. James Spivey, in other words, keep your strengths close, but keep your weaknesses closer. Talking about the Dink, uh, the Dink, uh, audio that we were just listening to. Las Vegas Chris, kind enough to join us in studio again here at the South Point on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. You want to do uh, give everybody your YouTube channel? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we're doing great stuff on YouTube uh, right now. We're doing process videos. We had Paul Stone on last week. We've got Brad Powers coming on Wednesday, and we've got some other notable guests coming on. No BS. We're not trying to sell you anything. We're just talking process, and people. the reaction is just uh, wonderful, wonderful. It's awesome. Yeah. I miss the days where I had endless time to do process podcasts. I had like Dr. Bob on like 11 years ago doing stuff like that. Uh, would have any number of handicappers, right? Rufus would come on. We'd go for Joe Pita for hours and a, not hours and hours, but we'd like go on for an hour and a half talking about that stuff. I just don't have the time to do it anymore. It's awesome that you're that exactly. you're exactly yeah. and and people have downtime here during the summer and it is all about process. Yeah. And when it gets to the regular season, you you hear from all the people that do these podcasts and, and shows, it's all about picks. If you're not giving out picks, then the viewership is just there, plummet. There will always be an audience that just wants picks. Yeah. Yep. So the, the, the and, pro- and we'll judge you, as you and I talked off air, not about what you've done over the last four years, yeah, but if you week. had a bad two weeks. That's you're only right. as good as your last week. You're only as good as your last week. You know, in fact, you're a bum about your last week. You're like, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, a couple more from uh, Las Vegas, Chris. I see an issue with NFL cappers selling picks, but not betting their game before they release to clients. They bet it as their betting group hits the board and moves it right away, claim the original line and CLV bragging rights. I feel the capper should have his bets placed prior. You, mm-hmm. sh- you feel a capper should have his best place. So what you this is a tr- this is a old thing that has been going on forever. You see an issue with selling picks but not betting their game before. Right. How can you bet your game after you release it to your clients? It's, it's idiotic. Well, the the counter to that is for some people because some people will move it if they do so before, right? So let me, yeah, but let that's me, your problem. Right, but I'm saying like let's take a Dr. Bob. Right, he tries to do everything honestly. If mm-hmm. he bets his game before he releases, that line's not even going to be there anymore. It, dep- it depends on how much he's betting and how he gets down. I mean, well, no, because he has like a hundred people behind him betting. That's the problem, right? But. Uh, I go to great lengths 
to bet my games and to spread them out and not move the market. And well, that's that's the same. You're basically trying to have the same effect. You're trying to be kosher about it, is what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. You, you've got to, you've got select people that are intentionally know no that question. their betting group is going to bet it simultaneous to their clients yeah, getting it. And I, I just ridiculous. think that that's not the way to go about doing business. Not at all. That is. That should be a no-brainer to everybody. I think so. You know? I, I had a lot of positive response on that. Now, we don't have a tweet for this one, but this is getting back to process. I think this is a great question. You and I were talking about this uh, off-air, which is you do your preseason work. Um, I asked this very question again, say of someone like who's a college football originator, like a Dr. Bob so many years ago, where it's like, okay, you do all this work. You're in July. You're doing team by team. Like in college, there's 130 teams, right? Pro, obviously, 32 these days. And you go through them, and you're, you're just – in baseball, I used to do it, right? Just 30 teams grinding through preseason and all of your process. And then the season begins, whether it's April for baseball, whether it's September for – for uh, pro or college football. I know, late August too, for college. And then a week goes on and you're like, huh, well, that is right and that is wrong and interesting. The question becomes, when do you, when does your preseason work lop off? Do you go four weeks into the season where it becomes irrelevant? What's that What's that, or, or is it an incremental drop-off? Like some of the analytics guys, whether it's Aaron Schatz at Pro Football Outsiders, there is a percentage that lops off as the season goes on. What is it for you? I think it's going to vary by team and by their schedule. Uh, it, it, you have to get to the point of this team is not who I thought they were uh, as quickly as possible if they aren't. And, the you know, obviously week two is overreaction week you know, we all know that you can't overreact to one game or two games. But at what point do you have to sit there and leave your predispositions coming into the season behind you? And and that might be as early as week three. It might be week four. Uh, I remember writing last year about Kansas City. I go, Kansas City is who they are. Everybody's yeah. afraid of what they can do, but they are this team here. And so you you might give, you know, some teams more length you know, so to speak. But, you know, it's, it's all different. You can't do it by games. You have to look at the circumstances of injuries, COVID, uh, their schedule and such. And, and, that, and that might be two, three games for one team, eight games for another team. That is a – I'm so glad I asked you specifically that question because that is not the analytics guy's right. response, right? They, they pick it off very, by game by game, and that's, that's right. not the way you do it. Not the way you do it, according to you. No. Yeah. In your, from your standpoint, team by team kind of thing, schedule by schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, ready for uh, ready for the the topic that we've been trying to squeeze in the last oh, few times, but we sure. haven't had a chance to. We have a few minutes, uh, and this is this is timely because the great James Con passed away. Yeah, Jesus. James Con, who was the uh, the lead in the original Gambler, the Gambler movie. Did you like the original? Yeah, of course. It's painful to watch. You know, I watched it. People were saying, oh, it's the best gambling movie of all time. I watched it maybe six, seven years ago. I don't know if I was in a bad mood or wasn't. I was like, oh, I don't know if I could watch that again. I didn't love it. Well, I put out my list of my favorite movies, and there were several movies that are great gambling movies that you don't want to see again, like uh, Owning Mahoney. I mean, uh, that's a worthwhile movie, but I don't want to watch that again. Okay, so according to Las Vegas Chris, 
a topic that we have not shared with with Kristen, maybe in a while, but maybe ever, if I'm not mistaken. But want to get your favorite gambling movies of all time. I I tweeted these out in no particular order, but people thought I tweeted them in order. But uh, I remember The Hustler is one of my favorite movies. I remember getting on a plane, hadn't slept in 36 hours, flying back from Thailand. And I'm like, I'm going to put this black and movie on. It's going to put me out like a light. And like two hours and 40 minutes later, I'm like, God, why did I do that? <laughs> but th- th- that's just absolutely classic. Just so well done. Paul Newman. Yeah, Paul Newman. And, and there's a lot of stars, if you're an old fart like me, that you'll recognize that were really young at the time. And uh, the casino, I love casino. I don't know how you turn that movie yeah. off. Um, shot uh, it. Shot many of the parts. Shot at Pierrot's here in town. Everybody loves rounders. You got to go with that. Digstown is so underrated, in my opinion, with uh, a great cast and just just great energy. Digstown, really? Okay. Yeah. You're not familiar with that? I'm not. Oh, my I am, gosh. but I, I am, but I never saw it. I, I remember when it, yeah. Uh, no, I've never seen it. You know, the problem, never seen that. the problem is when you see a movie 20 years after it comes out, it's not going to be, you know, have the same. Well, that's how I felt about also, but The Gambler, too. Like, some movies stand the test of time. Others are slow, right? So that's how I felt about the original, The Gambler. I, uh, big hand for the little lady. 1966. Love that flick. And uh, Brady, Cannon, that's one of his top two or three movies. Big hand for the little lady. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's, Ooh, these are good. Uh, Jason Robards, uh, Henry Fonda, Joanne Woodward, wow. and a bunch of other character oh, actors man. that you'd recognize. <laughs> Just a classic. Yeah. Just a classic. It, it's so good. Color of Money, Ocean's Eleven, uh, House of the Games. Very underrated movie. I'm writing all these down, man. Any David Mamet movie is a good movie, I'll tell you that. Okay. All of those in no particular order? No particular order. I think we all can agree the greatest gambling movie of all time is uh, Trading Places, starring Eddie Murphy. By the way, boy, did I love that movie. <laughs> is it? It's a good movie. In the same way that people want to, like, you know, j- want to crowbar, what is it, die hard into Christmas movies? Trading Places, fine gambling motion picture. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to believe the die hard thing. Anyway, we appreciate all that. There's some good suggestions on that. What was the one with Jason Robards and Henry Fonda and all that? What was that? Big Hand for the Little Lady. Big Hand for the Little Lady. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Widely available, I would imagine. I would think so. Okay. Las Vegas Chris, everybody. Always great to have you by. Um, It's getting closer and closer to football, so we cherish the moments we have with you, sir. Thank you for stopping in. My pleasure. LVC, as he likes to be called also, at Las Vegas Chris without the H on Twitter. Lombardi Line is next. Dave Ross is your host. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. 
That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.